this is God's word. Not Pastor Redmond's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. And I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And my ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you. Well, we're in a series entitled Faith for New Covenant Living. Say this with me. Say faith for new covenant living. And our lesson title that we had on last week was Getting Faith Results. If you weren't here, I want to encourage you to go to our website or go to our YouTube channel and watch last week's message. And the main purpose of the series is to help us understand faith and then help us activate or use faith on a daily basis for our lives so that we can experience victory. How many know you and I should be living in victory every day of our lives? Amen. I love 1 John 5, 4 in the NIV version. It says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So the end result of living by faith is victory. I want you to say this with me. Say the end result of living by faith is victory. Amen. So if you're taking notes today, our message title is producing faith to give. Producing faith to give. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. And then we're going to move over to Hebrews chapter 11 verses 4. That was Genesis chapter 4 verses 1 and then Hebrews chapter 11 verses 4. Now this lesson is actually a prelude into our giving series that's actually coming up in two weeks. You don't want to miss next week's uh, message and next week's presentation. I will be doing a review and a preview. Everybody say a review and a preview. And for those of you who may not know, that's where I do a review of how our church did the previous year, which in this case would be 2018. And then after that, I give us direction and vision for the upcoming year, which would be 2019. Now, usually I I give a disclaimer before I talk about stewardship or any kind of money series, uh, because if there's any way to ruffle people's feathers... It's when you talk about or teach on money, giving, or stewardship. Can I get an amen from the church? And so I'm going to give you that disclaimer next, well, in the next two weeks when I start. And normally I would have started a giving series prior to now, but one thing that happened, and here's why I do that, I believe the best way to help people get their hearts right about how they honor God and how they give is to do it in the front part of the year. But God told me earlier this year that people cannot properly give without understanding that it takes faith to give. And so that's why this lesson is being taught. And that's why over the last three weeks, I've been teaching on faith. So let me warn you, touch your neighbor and say, he's about to warn us. Let me warn you in advance that this is a very strong word. 
Okay, this is a very strong word, so I want to encourage you to stay with me. Just look at your neighbor and say, stay with him. Just stay with me. I mean, one time Jesus was preaching to a crowd of people, and he said to them, uh, will you eat my flesh? And the word was so strong, some of the people left following Jesus. Okay, so I just want you to stay with me because I know without a doubt what I'm going to teach you today is a word not only for this house and a word not only for your life, but if you are a visitor today and God led you to come here, this strong word is for you as well. So just receive it. Amen. So we're going to go the old school route. Now, I was Presbyterian. I didn't grow up with this type of setting, but we're going to go the old school route today. And we're going to read the two passages of Scripture that I just gave you before we begin our teaching points. Now, in some denominations and teachings, you know, they would read the Scripture before they gave their points. And the pastor would have somebody to read it. And they would say, read how many know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not sure why they would have somebody to read because they would just reread what the person read. So I'm not going to go that old school today. But I'm going to go old school and we're going to read the two verses first before we do our teaching points. So in Genesis chapter 4, I'm starting in verse 1. It says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and she bare Cain. And said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And again, she bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3 says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings. And when you look that word up, it means the first one or the first of his flock. And the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, the Lord did not have respect. And Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, Cain? Why has your countenance fallen? He says, if you do well, Cain, shall you not be accepted? He says, but if you don't do well, Cain, listen to this class, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be sin's desires, but you shall rule over him. Now let's go over now to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. They're going to put it on the screen as, as well. It says, by faith, everybody say, by faith. By faith, Abel, this is who we're talking about now. The the New Testament is now making a reference to what we just read over there in the Old Testament. So now the New Testament is now giving a reference to that scripture. It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain did, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous and God testifying of his gifts and by it, He being dead, yet speaks. So I only have one point for you today. And I'm going to drive this point home because I want you to get this point and I want you to start applying this point to your life. And here's the one and only point that I have for you today. It takes faith to give. Everybody say, it takes faith to give. Come on, say it one more time. It takes what? It takes faith to give. And many of you would probably say, Pastor, I already know that. And and my response would be to you, you may not know it like you think you know it. So let's do this. Let's go back back over Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Because it identifies the principle 
that I'm trying to give you, which is it takes faith to give. Most people don't see this part of the scripture. So in Hebrews 11:4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And see, we have defined over the last three weeks, we've defined faith as a spiritual force. Everybody say a spiritual force. Come on, say a spiritual force. Faith is a spiritual force which gives us the ability. Everybody say ability. This spiritual force gives us the ability to believe God, to trust God, and to please God. Everybody say to believe God, to trust God, and to please God. We define what those three things are. Believing is agreeing with the truth. That's all it means to to believe. It means to agree with the truth. And that takes no actions. The Bible even says in the New Testament that the demons even believe and tremble. So it doesn't take a lot to believe. All you're doing when you believe is agreeing with the truth. And so faith is including believing, but then it also means to trust. And trust means, watch this, it means believing, which is agreeing with the truth. But in addition to that, trust also means, watch this now, to obey his word through obedience. So trust is not just having mental assent or just saying, I believe. Everybody can believe. But trust now, which now brings faith in totality, trust says, I not only believe, but I'm going to obey and trust the word that I say that I believe. Can I get an amen? Amen. So this is why a person can believe the word, listen to me now, but not trust God to obey it. This is why tons of believers, they believe the Bible, they believe the word, but they don't have faith because faith is now taking that believing and now trusting God to obey, to do what it says it does. In other words, listen, obedience is now me, watch this, providing corresponding actions to what I say I believe. That's what faith is. And when you and I do that, it's going to produce uh, us pleasing God. Amen. And so... It's because now most people, they agree with the word, but they don't trust the word enough to release their faith to obey it. Amen. I heard a story about a man and uh, this man was uh, somehow he ended up in a desert. And so he was in the desert and he was dying of dehydration. He needed some water. And and so he had been walking and walking. He saw these mirages. It looked like it was water. And he'd get to it. It wasn't water. And finally he he was about to die. And he looks up and he he prays that, God, I need you to help me. And he sees this big old tent in the middle of the desert. He crawled his way to the tent. And it was a real tent. And it had a whole lot of deacons in this tent. And so when he got inside the tent, he fainted because he needed water. So there was a doctor among the deacons. They came to him. They slapped him on his face and said, and woke him up. And they, the doctor checked him out and said, this man is going to die in the next minute if he does not drink this water. So they bring this man a cup of water. And the man wakes up and he noticed that there's a whole lot of men watching him. And since he was a backslid preacher, he knew these were deacons. So the water was sitting in front of him and he looked at it and he looked around and he says, you know what? I believe if I drink this water, I will not die. And all those deacons said, well, so I need y'all to be the deacons this morning. Come on, practice. Well, come on, do better than that. Come on, deacons. Well, and when they responded, he woke up. Then he stood up. I believe 
if I drink this water, I will not die. And the deacon said, well, so he started getting excited. Now he don't know he only got 20 more seconds. So then he wanted to put his hooping skills up. I believe if I drink uh, this water, uh, we're not in. He died. Well, he died. Now I have a question. Was what that man believing, was it true? It was true. Then why did he die? Because he was believing only. He did not have enough faith to drink the water. And that's why people can come to church and hear the word and believe it and feel good. But they don't have transformation because they don't produce enough faith to do what they heard. I'm preaching better than you're clapping right now. Woo, this is going to be a good word today, ain't it? So let's get... <laughs> All these deacons in the room. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Let's go back to that, okay? Because it was by faith or this spiritual force that gave Abel the ability to believe God, to trust God, and to please God, that he was able to offer unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. That's why he was able to do it, because he did it by faith, which tells me Cain, when he brought his gift to God, Cain was not giving by faith. Amen. So, touch your neighbor and say, he's coming right now. He's coming. He's coming. So, you don't have an income problem. You don't have, I have a too many bills problem. You don't have I make too little money problem. You have a faith problem. Amen. You have a faith problem. And you may say, well, pastor, how can that be? Here's the thing. Faith has many different compartments. Now, I'm about to say something that you may want to write down as a take-home statement. Listen. You can only have faith in the area that you have renewed your mind to. I'm going to say that again. You can only have faith in the area you have renewed your mind to. And say, say this with me. Say, you can only have faith in the area you have renewed your mind to. In other words, just like you can have faith for someone else's word over another person's. Let's say, for instance, you know one person, and, and if they tell you they're going to be on time, they're on time. And you know this other person, and they say they're going to be there, and you know it's going to be another 10 to 15 minutes. How many know people like that? All right. Well, just like you can have more faith in the person that you've had experience from that consistently say that they're going to do it, you can have different faith compartments in your life. That's why some people, they stay healed because they have faith for healing more so than they have faith for prosperity. And that's why they can stay healed and be broke. Your faith is the same way. Amen. And for years, everybody say for years. For years, I never understood why Cain got upset with God or why people even get upset or angry when it comes to you talking about money or stewardship or giving. I never understood why people got angry until I got a revelation of Genesis chapter 4. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 4 now because I want to show you something. 
I want to show you something. Genesis chapter 4. We're going to look in verse 3, Genesis 4, 3. Uh, and it says, In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. What did he bring, class? Come on, class. What did he bring? He brought an offering to the Lord. Verse 4. And Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock. And the fat thereof. And we talk about that and I'll tell you the difference between what Cain did and what Abel did later. But it says in verse 5, But unto Cain and to his offering, the Lord did not have respect. In other words, God accepted Abel's offering, but he rejected Cain's offering. And then Cain was very angry. His countenance fell. And the Lord said, Cain, why are you angry? Why did your countenance fall? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? But if you don't do well, sin lies at your door, young man, and, and it shall have a desire over you, but you shall rule over him. So here's my question. Why did, why did Cain get mad at God? Because it was in Cain's power to do the right thing. It was in Cain's power to do what God instructed him to do. And I know God gave him instructions because God will not hold you accountable for something he has not told you to do. So it's not like Cain didn't know what to do. Cain just chose not to do it. And so my question was, why in the world would Cain get mad at God? If anybody should be mad in this scenario, it should be God. I mean, that's just like you telling your children. They'll go clean up their room, and then they don't do it, and they get mad at you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, the devil is alive, the devil is alive. Why did Cain get mad? And why do we get mad when the subject of stewardship of money is mentioned in any kind of sermon at church? Well, the answer, I found it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Let's go to Matthew 6, 24. I found the answer of why people get mad. I found out why Cain got mad. Because for years, I'm like, why did Cain get mad? And then as a pastor, you know, because I've been believing this for years before I was a pastor. I didn't start pastoring until I was 40. So even as a non-pastor, I would see congregants get upset with the pastor. When money is being talked about. So watch this. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Watch what it says. It says no man. Everybody say no man. Okay. So who does that include? Everybody. No man can serve how many masters? Two masters. So we're only talking about two masters here. For either he will hate one master and love the other. Or he will hold to one master because he loves him. And, or and despise the other one. Read it with me. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. Now let me ask you a question. Are you nice to people that you hate? Come on, class. No, you're not nice to people that you hate. Let me ask you another question. Do you treat people kind that you despise? Do you do that? No, you, you don't do that. So the, watch this now. The reason that Cain got angry at God when God checked him, because that's how God was doing, he was checking him because he did not approve of how, how Cain had given. Cain got mad because Cain loved his stuff more than he loved God. Cain loved his possessions and all of his fruit that he had raised and all of the things that God had blessed him with. He loved those things more than God. Let me say it like this. Cain got angry because he changed God's. You cannot serve God and what else? Money or mammon. So that day 
it exposed to Cain's heart somewhere Cain had changed God's financially. He allowed what he saw to put him in a predicament and say, ooh, 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 if I give God that, I'm not going to have enough. He changed God's and Cain didn't know it. And there are believers all over the body of Christ who have changed God's. And they don't know it. Look at your neighbor and say, have you changed God's? And most people don't even realize that the anger that they may show when something like this that I'm teaching right here is being taught, the anger is really towards God. And it's really because money has become their God. Oh, that's too strong. Let me say it nicely. Let me say it this way. They have started trusting their money and their stuff more than they have trusted God and his word. And, and the proof is real easy to discern. Who do you honor first when you get your paycheck? That, that, that's simple. Who do you honor first? Let, let's go a little deeper because something else came up in that text that I said, whoa, I've never heard anybody teach this thing like this. Notice now in verse 6, it said, and the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why have you counseled the father? Look at verse 7. He says, if you do well, shall you not be accepted? If you don't do well, see it lies at your door. The NIRV version of that verse says it like this. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why are you looking so sad? Do what is right. Then you will be accepted. If you don't do what is right, sin is waiting at your door to grab you. And it longs to have you, but you must rule over it. Wow, that means, listen to me now, when I choose to not do it God's way... I open the door for sin to come into my life. Woo, this is me. Get this thing. Get it out. Yeah. When we choose to not do what's right with how God tells us to do it, it opens the door for sin. I didn't say you got into sin, but it opens the door for sin in our life. And if you don't believe that, just listen to how the New Testament puts it. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to read it out of the King James, and then I'm going to read it out of the Living Bible. How is it that when we don't obey God, especially with our money, because what you don't understand, Jesus said, where your treasure is is where your heart's going to be. Seek first the kingdom of God. So if God is not first in that area of my life, I open the door for things to happen. And 1 Timothy chapter 6 tells us in verse 10, for the love of money, everybody say the love of money. For the love of all money, the money, the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of how much evil? Come on, how much evil? So that includes pornography, that includes uh, bankruptcy, uh, when you are stealing from somebody else, or embezzlement, I should say. That includes cheating on your spouse. That includes, oh, okay. Ooh. How much evil? Which while some coveted after, watch this, they have erred from the faith, and they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Watch the living Bible. Makes it real clear. For the love of money is the first step. Everybody say the first step. It's the first step toward all kinds of sin. 
Some people even turned away from God because their love for it. And as a result, they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See, the first thing that happens when a person's heart leaves God, they stop giving to him. Where your treasure is, is where your... So the first thing that leaves, your attendance don't leave first. That's secondary. See, first thing you do, you stop giving to him. And you wonder why your heart towards God starts getting cold. You wonder why you don't feel the spirit when you come to church. Because he ain't got your heart first no more. I feel a chill in the room right now. He says, for the love of money is the first step towards all kinds of sin. Some people having turned away from God because of their love for it, as a result, have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Your love of money, listen to me, church. Your love of money opens the door to sins in your life. You say, Pastor, I ain't never heard it like that. Just go study like I'm teaching. Just go, go, go back this week and watch the video. I'm going line upon line. I'm just telling you what the scripture says. And see, some of you all are wondering why your heart has kind of departed from the Lord. All you got to do is check your checkbook. Are you wondering why now sins are just knocking on your door more than they used to? It's because just check your checkbook. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, listen, you can't love God and money at the same time. You will love one or you will despise the other one. You will hate one or you will cleave to the other. And there are so many people in the body of Christ as well as Word of Truth Family Church who have allowed their circumstances, listen to me, to make them change God's. They say, well, I believe God is my Lord. Yeah, but my question is, is he God of your money? Because when it comes to our resources, we prove who is Lord over them by who we honor to give to first. Amen. And when we don't honor God first, we open the door to sin. So now you can see, watch this now, why Cain was able to murder Abel. I couldn't figure that one out. If you go and read the story, after God checked Cain, Cain got mad. He was still mad. And he murdered his brother Abel. Now I can see why. Because he allowed sin to come in. And sin took his toll on him. And you know what he should have done when God checked him? He should have said, Lord, forgive me for trusting my resources. Forgive me for trusting my own self. Forgive me for trusting my own hands. Forgive me for not trusting you as my source. He should have repented. And from that point on, he should have said, God, I'm going to honor you like you asked me to from the beginning. But it takes faith to give God's way. Everybody say, it takes faith to give God's way. Amen. It takes faith to honor God with the first tenth. So let's go back to Genesis, but we're going to go to chapter 22. I'm almost done because it's real, real, real warm in the room. And I want to encourage you, listen, I know some of you all are faithful givers. And you know what? That is wonderful. But please understand, most of the people in this room are not. And I'm in a position to know that. And I'm trying to help them because remember last week I said during the offering, sometimes we stop doing what it took to get us here. 
Well, if it took you faith and giving toward God to get you where you are, to get you in that nice house, to get you in those kids in college, to get you, if it's gonna, it's gonna keep faith to keep you there. And if you don't watch it, when you stop and you open the door for sin, I don't know where you're gonna be next year. Genesis chapter 22. I heard the devil tell somebody, he's trying to scare you. No, I ain't trying to scare you. I'm just trying to teach you right now. Amen. Watch this now. Genesis 22, look at verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take your son, watch this, thy only son, whom you love, and get to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on the mountains, which I will tell you. Look in verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and he rose up and he went to the place of which God had told him. Watch verse 4. Then on the third day. Now I want you to see the correlation between Abraham and Isaac and Jesus. How many days was Jesus in the grave? He said on the third day, watch this, Abraham lifted up his eyes. He saw the place. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go yonder and do what class? Come on, do what class? He says, we're going to go up and we're going to worship and come again to you. Here's why. Here's a a take home statement. Giving the first by faith is always a display of faith and worship. I'm going to say that again. Giving the first by faith. Remember, this was Abraham's only son. And notice God said, it is your only son who you love. See, God was testing Abraham to see, Abraham, do you love your son more than do you love me? And just like with us, when we get our paycheck, he's asking us, do you love me more than you love TU Electric? Do you love me more than you love your kids' private school? Do you love me more than you love the, the food that I gave you the energy to make money on to buy? Watch this. He says, write it down. Giving the first by faith is always a display of faith and worship. So watch this. Now, that story, I'm ending right here. The story that we just read about Abraham. We know the end result. He got ready to kill his son. The angel said, don't do it. Now that I know that you love God and you trust God. And then he found a sheep over there in the thicket. And then that's where we get the, the whole thing, Jehovah Jireh, God provided. Okay, so we know the end result. But the story in that Old Testament now moves over to the New Testament. Because my point is, it takes faith to what? Give. Hebrews eleven seventeen. Watch what it says. It says, what's the first two words, class? Come on, class. Come on, class. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried or tested, he offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only son. Let me tell you why God wouldn't let Abraham do it. Because God would never ask us to do something he hadn't done first. He said, oh no, I can't let Abraham do it. I have to first send my only son first. Verse 18, or verse 19. Well, verse 18. Of whom it was said that Isaac shall be your seed. Verse 19, accounting, this was how Abraham was thinking. God was able to raise him up, raise Isaac up, even from the dead, from whence also he had received him in a figure. I wanted you to see that it took faith for Abraham to offer up Isaac. And you know what? For you and I to give God the first, it's going to take faith for you to do that. 
your flesh, your finances, and the world are going to always give you a reason why you can't. I'm going to say that again. Your flesh, the world, and your finances are going to always say, I can't do it. But what you don't understand is you don't know why or how your tithe has been working for you this time. You don't know that. Years ago, one of my members came to me and her and her husband was going through a difficult time. And these were mature believers and they had never not tithed. I mean, since they had been married, they had always tithed and had been tithing for years. And they got in this fickle and they said, Pastor, we decided to not tithe. We said, hey, just this one time, God will understand. And, and so they, they decided. So she went and cast her check and put the check in her purse and she was going to do what she needed to do with that money. And so she was at the gas station getting gas. Someone walked up to her with a gun and robbed her, took her purse with how much of the money in it? All the money in it. Because, listen, when you rob God, the devil will rob you. Man, this person got robbed. And so how do we apply this word? Here's how we apply it. Four things, and we're closing right here. Number one, when you hear a word like this on stewardship, accept it on the front end before your heart rejects it on the back end. I'm going to say that again. When you hear a word like this, because if you don't watch it, your mind will fight this word and you'll reject it. Accept it on the front end before your heart rejects it on the back end. Here's number two. When your giving does not reflect God being first, repent. Everybody say repent. Repent and don't allow excuses to justify your disobedience. I'm going to say that one again. When your giving does not reflect God being first, repent and don't allow excuses to justify your disobedience. We all have reasons why we don't can't get, can't get. We all, I have reasons Here's number three. Listen to faith and stewardship type messages on a regular. Everybody say on a regular. So that your heart stays in faith regarding prosperity, money, increase, that kind of thing. Here's number four. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately begin to obey God in your giving so that his blessings and his protection will cover your life. And this is the first time I've ever taught a word this strong ever taught a word this strong and uh and i know i'm in the house i'm in the house how many and i didn't know this until this past week i didn't know this until this past week how many would like to see your income go up and not down let me see your hand okay uh how many would like to live on the income you made five years ago today how many would like that let me see your hand five no no listen one more listen to the question Whatever you made five years ago, would you prefer to make it today? Most people don't because they weren't making as much money then as they are now. Well, I've surveyed our church, and I'm starting from the top all the way down because there are some people in this room today, God is knocking on your door. He's saying, let me in. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, with every head, every eye closed, there are some people in the room. This was a tough message for you. It was tough because you know I'm talking directly to you. You know, and I know I'm talking to you, but I know most of more than that, the Spirit of God is talking to you. 
And the challenge is today is to just repent. That's all. Just say, you know what, Lord, I, I messed up. I done messed up and I'm fessing up right now. And then the last point was just immediately start doing what you know you're supposed to do. And there are some people in the room. You've opened the door to some sins and you didn't know it. You've opened the door. Here's the thing. You're the only person that has the power to close that door. Years ago, I was praying with a gentleman. I had just counseled him a little bit or just advised him. And uh, as I ended the session, I started praying for him. And as I was praying for him, the Lord spoke to me and says, he has a door open in his life that I can't close. And I was confused because, I mean, God can do everything. But God was telling me there was a door open in this person's life that God couldn't close. I said, God, I don't understand. And so while I'm praying for this gentleman, God was saying he has a door open in his life that, that I can't close. So I stopped praying. And, and, and right when I stopped praying, the Lord revealed to me, I asked this person, I said, so let me ask you a question. Do you give God the first? Do you tie the tenth of your income? Do you do that? He said, Pastor, I haven't done it for years. I said, well, how long? He said, ooh, at least three, four years I haven't done that. But this individual was going through some horrific relationship challenges in their life. And there were some repetitive things that were going on that kept coming up, kept coming up. And I said, I told him what God told me. I said, listen, only you can close this door right here. And so there are some people here today that need to close the door and make a decision to obey God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to some people. And you know what? I want every eye closed. I want ushers, greeters, everybody's eye closed. The only people that's looking right now is me and the person following me on the camera. Those are the only two people I want to be looking right now. Because today, the only way you're going to stand bold is to say, Pastor, you were talking to me. You were talking to me. And today... I'm going to heed to the word. If I'm talking to you today, and I'm not going to go to each person and say, I see you. I'm not going to do that. I just want to know that I'm talking to some people today. If that's you, raise your hand right there. You see, Pastor, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. I'm going to wait. Because, see, some of y'all's pride won't let you raise your hand. But don't do that because I'm the only one looking right now. And and let me just say this. The the hands that are in the room are, are the majority of the hands in the room. You can put your hand down. Father, in Jesus' name, we've heard the word. We've received the word. We thank you for the word. And I pray that, Father, the right hearts heard what was said. And where the enemy wants people to walk out mad, don't let them do it, God. Because you love us. And the Bible says, whom you love, you discipline, you chasten, you help us, God. And the way that you help us is with your word and by your spirit. And so we thank you for what our ears have heard in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Right there, be still. If you're not saved today, in other words, if you die today and you're not sure you go to heaven,